Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. This episode is brought to you by Mike Young, the makeover master. If you feel your business image might be costing you money, influence, power, and respect, then head over to makeovermaster.com to discover what their complete brand makeover experience is all about. Go check it out right now because everyone deserves to look their best. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. Uh, today's guest teaches coaches, experts, service providers, current online marketing sales strategies to close the right clients anytime they want. She is regarded as a top authority on digital marketing, sales coaching, and online publishing business strategies. She has been also named top 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs by Huffington Post, and she's been able to grow multiple companies to over seven figures and continues to bring a ton of value to the marketplace. But like any entrepreneur, they've gone through their journeys um, and their struggles, and I'm really excited to dive into yeah. her story and to share the things and the, and, and the golden nuggets that she's learned along the way. So Heather Havenwood, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. I've had a lot of, it, I've had a lot of adversity myself. So I, I love the fact that you're willing to talk about the failures, you know, because it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's where the growth happens, right? And failures to me are just lessons, lessons yeah. that you, you need to pay attention to. They, they shouldn't, you know, yeah, they're, they're just such, they're growth tools, you know, along mm-hmm. the journey. So yeah, maybe just tell us, I, I'm so excited to hear your story, you know, where you came from. Tell us, you know, how you got into all this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so how'd I go? I got, I got involved in entrepreneurship as, as a failure, <laughs> believe it or not, success and failure at the same time. I was in corporate America, you know, and I was in corporate America and I was on my way up and doing well in that space actually ended up being number one sales in the entire marketplace, uh, in the entire country in that particular kind of business. And, uh, after I got my, what I call pat on the head and yay, you know, um, I got fired and it was the first time that I was like, what, you know, cause I was taught like many people, you, you know, work for a company, you make the money and they're happy. You're happy. And like, it's all like, woo, you know? And so I, all of a sudden I'm like getting fired and it's because I didn't fit in this space. I didn't fit in their realm. I didn't fit in this like box. You know what I mean? And so one of the challenges of, of being an outside box thinker is because you don't fit in boxes. Sometimes that people do kick you out because of that. So that was my first, like, what the hell? And then I got into entrepreneurship at accident cause I saw an infomercial. <laughs> and <laughs> Classic. <laughs> the damn things. Right? The old school. Tony Robbins ones were awesome. I love those, man. Yeah. This is the best. Yeah, I know. I can love those. So good. Such a hook for him. Like, ah. Oh. Yeah. So I went to infomercial seminar thing and course got sold. Um, and, to- and, you know, like a good hustler that I was, because I think entrepreneurs are hustlers. I sat down in the seat and um, the guy was like, it's $3,000 to come to our next seminar. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that. But and he said, well, it's only for a thousand for a spouse. And so I like nudged the stranger next to me. I'm like, yo, like you want to be my spouse? He's like, uh, sure. <laughs> so John, Bo, Bob, whatever his name was, went to the back and different last names, no ring, obviously different credit cards. And, um, I went to, uh, my first seminar as Bo's spouse. He never actually showed up. 
actually. <laughs> so yeah, right? Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's awesome. I go and sit down and the people who were running the event were like, what's your deal? Yeah, you're a hustler. Yeah. You a hustler like us? What's your deal? So I told them what, what just happened. And I was at the time jobless. And they're like, why don't you move to Florida and travel full time with us? So I became like road crew on seminars and understanding the art and science of how to fly into a city, meet strangers and in 90 minutes had 90 minutes had extracted stranger $3,000. Like you really learn the art of rejection. You know what I mean? So, uh, that was interesting. That was my first six years in the business of understanding copywriting and sales and marketing and seminars and speaking and all that. Like I, I got thrown into the wolves what what timeline was this? Just just for oh one through oh six. Okay, so before social media, this this is great. I just had yeah. Tom, I just had Tony Watley on the other day, and we were talking about because um, he was successful as well before and after, you know, because of social media, so many people have been successful. But I like, I want to talk about before, you know, talk about how different it was. And You're making it sound like that was like post-war. No, but it's, it's, so, it's so true though, because things are different, you know, like, I mean, you had to be really good. I could tell in your voice that you, you could sell. I can just tell by your, oh, thanks. the way you, you speak and communicate. And you can tell that a lot of people like, you're like, well, okay. They, the way yeah. They I mean, you know, let me just speak to that for a second. So I was at the, uh, I went today to get like an MRI done something like for doctor. It's like a scan thing. Yeah. And um, I had to tell the guy, it was a young guy, a young lad, like millennial, nice guy, but he was so in his head and I'm like the subject matter. And I'm like, Hey, yo, you've got to talk to me. Like get out of your head. You're so dealing with the technology that like, I'm a human over here and you're not telling me what to do. And I'm over here like, you know, you're throwing me into these little technology weird positions. And I'm like, you've got to learn to talk to me. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, but <laughs> I mean, but if you think about it, you know, it's like looking at a phone all day. Yeah. You've got to talk to people. And I told him, I go, I know you're doing technology, but I, I kind of felt for him compassion because he has been trained not to really talk to people, you know, because I would say, which way do I turn and go this way? I'm like, what's it this way? I don't know. That, I can't see you. You know what I mean? So um, my point was, is that as I traveled around the country doing seminars, you have to talk to people like yeah. look at their eyes and stuff and go do you want to give me $3,000? And they're like, no, or yes, or maybe, <laughs> or like, you know, you got to deal with that crap. You, versus a computer, it's like you just throw, ah, you know, and you just like hope money comes in the door, right? So it's a very different kind of feel and interaction. Yeah, you definitely, you learn those, those are the skills you need. That's the thing people forget is, is that that's like the core skills you need. You need to be mm -hmm. able to talk. You need to be able to communicate and influence, right? I mean, how, how, like, how different is it now though? And how much, you know, as far as business to you on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, how much has it changed as far as let's say closing or prospecting and, you know, how, how different is it for you now with social media, you know, versus non-social media? Um, it's definitely caused a lot of like distance, right? And people can, um, avoid a lot easier, you know, getting on a phone call and calling people is like cray cray, you know, but I still do it. Um, I think I just did a course and almost all the people in the, in the course were like, I'm in this course because you called me. 
<laughs> you know I mean, like, like you were like real and stuff. And then I actually called all the, all the participants after the first lesson, you know, of course. And they were like, you're calling me. So that is a big difference. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I can do that forever. Right. But I think that I'm doing that now mainly because I want that feedback because in seminar world, when we did three day events, we sat there for three days with people. And when they got up in the back of the room, we were like, how's it going? How are you enjoying it? What's missing for you? And that's how we grew. You know, that's how we figured it out. It's like, well, you know, you liking the course? Is it sucked? Is it great? Like, what are your struggles right now? And that's what makes it great. People are so freaking afraid to talk to people like, ah, you know, we're going to scare you or something. So I think that's the biggest challenge right now that I see, especially with the younger generation coming to social media. Thank God I didn't have social media in high school, like, oh, oh my God, or college. Oh my God. I did some serious beer bongs. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, well, I, I mean, oh boy, right? I did some Crazy. serious beer bonging, oh. you know. Some of the stuff, but even like, it's just blows my mind because some of the stuff why would you even record that? You know, like who, some people just don't need to see stupid things like that, you know? And, and I know I'm thinking about like, wow, like if they would have recorded some of the stuff we did, you know, just stupid party stuff, like you said. And it's, it's just like so many people say that. We it's had like, disposable cameras, right? <laughs> oh, it was, it's, it's crazy. And it's like, that's it should be reserved for that. Like it's, it's a, it's private and it's funny when you're with your friends It should stay that way. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, I- it is a really kind of a thank God that is not on social media. Yeah. Me, you know, in freshman year in high in college, you know, was you know freshman year in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I had fun, and like, thank God someone can't search that online. That's all I have to say about that. Um, but I think part of the challenge with social media today is created a um, a diversion right? Yeah. And people, a diversion to selling, a diversion to communicating, a diversion to actually connecting. Um, I was just, this happened to me recently. I was at some, at an event and they, we were like hugging each other and I'm like, Oh my God, I've just realized I haven't been around a human and hugging in like three weeks. I talked to people all day on a little, I'm like talking to you right now on a little tiny camera. Yeah, you know so what I mean? Weird. And there is some weirdness to that. Like I can't feel your energy and I can't like, you know, there, I can look at your eyes and see where yeah. you're at and see what you're feeling. So there is a disconnect for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, that's got to affect people. Like, I mean, that's probably how people close so many sales beforehand, right? It's that like get that energy because that is sort of what builds the excitement in a person, you know? Yeah. And, like, I mean, that's, I like that because I like getting in person and it's all, we're all energy. So like, it's, it's a, it's a good feeling to be able to connect and it takes your relationships to the next level. And although this is great being able to build relationships, you know, through this kind of style, it does, it's obviously human to human contact is always better when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a connection, but I, I teach influence. So I have a thing called yeah. influencertribe.com. It's a free um, Facebook group, but you can go check it out. It's influencertribe.com. And what I teach is like how to stop being an expert and being influenced. Like, what does that really mean in today's mm-hmm. world? How do you influence and not uh, speak to people? Does that make sense? Of course. So there's kind of this energy around influence and there's a kind of a buzz term around it, but influence really is the epitome of influence is um, Oprah because she never positioned herself as an expert 
Okay. The other person that's an influence, good or bad, okay, is Trump. Uh, people forget. Don't, you know, I can already hear people like, what? Because they have the word influence is only positive. Yeah. Right? Hitler was an influence. Yeah, of course. Okay. You have to get what that means. Influence is being able to drive people to behaviors or thoughts or patterns or understandings in a particular way. Um, You know, David Koresh, remember that? The Waco days, he was an influencer. These are negatives, but there's also positives, right? So Gary Vee, like him or not, he's an influencer too. Um, Trump, like him or not, he's an influencer. So you have to look at the behaviors and understanding of self-promotion and being able to navigate that. And influence is a cred. It's a value in the marketplace. We're paid for our value in the marketplace today with social media has changed. So if you were in the eighties and the nineties, the early two thousands, you're and how people taught people how to do selling back then is very different than now. It's a yeah. very different process. You're still dealing with humans. See H to H has not changed. Humans yeah. to humans haven't changed. Technology's altered, but we as human beings haven't changed that much at all. Why we buy, why we choose, why we marry, why we fall out of love, why we divorce. All those things haven't changed the whys, the emotions, but how we actually, the navigation of the technology is what's changed so much. Yeah. So that's yeah. the piece to consider. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you have to raise that emotional state. Like that, An influencer can really raise that uh, you know, cause I look at it like I, I, I follow Jordan Belfort and I just, you know, yeah. the line, like he, I love his style. Like it's true. You know, he, he makes sense of it for, for people selling. Like you gotta, you gotta raise their state. You gotta raise their emotional state to a level that they're like, Oh wait. And you get them thinking about how you can help them. And it's amazing because it's not hard. You just, I, what do you think is the best? So, okay. That being in sales, how do you build that then? How do you, do you, do you think that trust having that audience is just having lots of value because Oprah, Oprah didn't sell, sell, sell. Like she was just all about value and helping people, right? Like, yeah. You- so it's an old adage, Jim Rohn, old school. Yeah. You're paid for your value in your, in the marketplace. Now yeah. here's what's changed. The value in the marketplace has changed. What we value now and what we used to value in the past has just altered meaning how we value it. Okay, let's just say, for example, Kim Kardashian. I mean, Kim Kardashian would never be the Kardashians in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we didn't value that back then. Yeah. I'm not even sure what's valuable there, but you get my point. So, <laughs> yeah, I got it. Right, you get the point. It's like, it really is kind of a phenomenon to look at that whole case study of the Kardashian family. Oh. I think Kendall Jenner just got named like youngest billionaire in the world or some weird stuff. Like, it's really odd to it's look at the value we put there. Yeah. Billionaire. And she's like under 30. Right. So if you look at the value in the marketplace, what is it in today's world today? Not make it wrong or it's like, that's not right. Like you gotta get that out of your head. It's like, it's just what we're at. This is what we're doing. So today's value in the marketplace really is what I call the influence marketing piece. It's being everywhere all the time. Yeah. Right now, what does that mean? It means content, 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 content. How do people sell today? People who say to me all the time, recently, not all the time, recently, I've been busting my booty for the last year and a half doing content, three, four years on my podcast, but really hardcore content last year. And I'm just now people like, oh, hey, I see all your stuff everywhere. Like just now, that's three, four years. YouTube phenomenons that are real big, like Sunny and some really big people right now are getting some big cred. If you look at their feed, it's like seven years in the making. Yeah. You know, Oprah, 
25 years, five days a week for 25 years. That girl was like unstoppable of content creation. So what do we value? We value content. Yeah. So it's like the being everywhere all the time. And one of the things I teach about in the influencer tribe is like, okay, I don't discriminate on content. What I mean by that is the distribution of content. So people say, well, where do you focus? I'm like, I focus on the content, not the distribution channel. So the content's the content and the distribution channel is everywhere all the time. IG, Reddit, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I do not discriminate what people consume. Mm. That's not my job. My job doesn't say, I don't like it that you're on Reddit. You're on Reddit. I'll put it up there. (laughs) why Why would I discriminate? The only thing I want people to do is have access to. And my job is to create the content to have access. So here's how I say it. Content king, right? Engagement is queen and the kingdom is distribution. Right. Okay. So in, in my world, queen is over king, just so you know. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> my world. world. It's my world. I can say that, but it's king. Just to reiterate, get, you know, content's king. Engagement's queen because queen can't be with, you got to have something to engage to. And then above that is kingdom which is distribution right so tell me what makes good content then for you i mean what what do you like because usually the content that you i mean for myself the content that i can i like to create is the stuff that i can resonate with and Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe other people are different but that's all i know is that what what i watch and what fires me up i want to create the same thing so i don't know about you and your like what makes good content for you yeah, I mean, I think it's it's each his own. It's finding your own voice. And when you find your own voice, your tribe will follow. You know, so people say, well, there's already been a video done on, I don't know, how to create posts on, on IG. I'm like, well, I'm sure there is. But why not do your own? Because you're different and you're unique and somebody is going to resonate with that with somebody else, right? Or whatever your content piece is. I always like to say, and I've been taught this, it's like there's five buckets or four buckets, three to five buckets. So if you're doing YouTube, let's say, or it doesn't matter what channel, you like, you want to create three to five buckets of like, I'm going to place myself in these three to five buckets and start to actually create content in these pieces. Either A, become an expert in each pieces or start interviewing people in those three to five buckets. And if you look at Oprah, Oprah did that. She had like a three to five buckets. So hers was a lot of empowerment and woo woo and meditation and spiritual. I mean, she had kind of buckets inside of that, you know, and she still stays in those buckets, right? But she moved away from many buckets back in the day. If you remember that shift she made, she moved away from politics. She moved away from Jerry Springer stuff. She moved yeah. away from a lot. She grew a line in the sand. of like, I'm not going there, but I'm going to go here. And so she stayed in that wheelhouse and she has for about 20 years, you know? So she's like, I'm not an expert here, but I'm going to stay in this wheelhouse and attract the people that want to know this information. Right. Yeah, totally. And she's just now kind of coming out on her own of like her own wisdom. But even in her words, she says things like I learned this from, she's constantly coming back to her teachers, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the key. It's not about, and she, the key thing about Oprah that I, I love her as a case study because she never says that I'm the expert. This is Oprah Winfrey. I'm an expert. Never. 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 I've never heard self say that. And I'm doing the same thing. It's like, look, I've been in the business for 20 years and I know a lot of skills. Just, you know, she knows the skills of a lot of things, but I'm not an expert. I'm an industry and want to help other people influence. And I want to help other people to become influencers in their field. 
right? That's a very big difference, yeah. I think. Yeah, and I, I like that because she does plug a lot of people and she's helped a lot of people get to lift them up too. Like, it's amazing. I mean, I was, I mean, I'm 35. I, I remember the 90s. She always, well, who was it like? I think she had Dr. Phil, Dr. Axe. Was it Dr. Doctor, Axe? Well, Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, sorry, Dr. Oz. Yeah, she owns always, them. Yeah, but she, you know, she she lifted them up. She she always credits, you know, Jim Carrey for certain things. And I like that. And she focuses on yeah. inspiring content, you know? I mean, if you're going to do it on a daily basis, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't want to do stuff that's going to lower people's vibration, their energy. It's 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 really, for me, it's important to you know, leave them feeling better than they did before they listened to the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you want to lift them up. Yeah. Not- like life's, life's too short to be focusing on. I mean, there's time and place for that kind of content, right? Where you got to people, but that's the stuff that like, I feel like there's too much of that. And, mm-hmm. and why that, what I like about Oprah is those are the kind of stuff she do, She dove into things that lift people. Yeah, they lift people up. And I think the best analogy of influencers that I look at the case studies all the time is pastors. Mm. And the reason why I look at pastors a lot is because you have like a pastor like Joel Olstein or T.D. Jakes, big names, right? And then you have some name I don't, we all don't know. We all have the local pastor we don't know, right? What's the difference? They're all learning from the same book. Yeah, totally. Right? Think about it. They're all preaching yeah. from the same book yeah so why is joel scene and td jakes known preachers and other people thousands and thousands of others we don't know what, what's the difference yeah think about it. they're all saying the same thing they're all preaching the same kind of message yeah you know totally. people look at it and it's an interesting piece, but Joe Olstein specifically, he's got the largest endowment church in the country. Yeah. In the country. And he's, he's profound to watch. He's very articulate. He knows how to grow a church. He knows how to connect. He knows how to always speak from a perspective of a story and hear his journey. He also knows how to understand that to tie into the message. These are the things a lot of people don't do. People pre- He doesn't preach at you. You know? One person that I um, study, believe it or not, and I study successful people online, dead or not, you know, Good. Uh, Jim Rohn's one, Joel Steen is another, T.D. Jakes, I've been watching him recently. He's fascinating to watch. What's his name? Uh, T.D. Jakes. I've heard of it. I've heard of him. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. He's, he's fascinating to watch. I watch him from a perspective of, I might learn something too, but I really watch him perspective of how he's doing his speaking and mm. an understanding of that. Um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, Ellen, how they present, because really what, what are they doing? Ellen and Jimmy Kimmel, what are they doing? They're just interviewing people. They're interviewing stars. They do the exact same thing too. Yeah. Right. And usually there's, they're interviewing the exact same stars because there's a movie tour going on. Right. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. What is the difference between the two? One's at night, one's, one's a girl, one's not, but there's an energy to it. What makes them so successful when there's a ton of other talk shows out there, right? Yeah. So you have to look at the nuances and say, what makes them successful and different and be that kind of what I call step into your own power around that. Yeah. And I love that too. Like Jimmy Fallon, for me, watching his shows there, there's something, the guy's got great energy, you know, like he lifts people up again. I'm, I'm drawn to that. Yeah. He's like, he, he, he's like, he gets so excited for people for their wins, you know, like he gets so, Oh, that book was awesome. And like, you can tell he's, 
he's so he's 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 being legit like he's being true like he's he's looked into it and he he truly is happy for them and i love that and i really think people people love that as well he's awesome mm-hmm. at flowing the conversation ellen is amazing because she's got that humor and yeah it's fascinating studying these people because what is it that gravitates to them you know like what what are people some they're seeing something that they love right mm-hmm and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're ta- they're connected to the energy of it, not yeah. their words. Yeah. So um, I, when I when I got before I got to podcasting, I did a year long of improv. You ever done improv? I was recommended actually by Michael Burnoff to do that. I don't know if you know Michael Burnoff. Yeah, I highly suggest it. So um, my mom died a couple of years ago, and my right. coach at the time was like, "Go do something really weird." <laughs> so I took a class called improv because it was one point three miles from my house. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I'll go like really close by. <laughs> that was my way of like getting out of the house. Um, and I started doing improv. The first class, I hated it. Second class was like, okay. Third class, I was like, okay, cool. Because I did 101, 102, 103. And the, the group, when they, we all started, we all kind of kept going together. So I kept like, well, I'll do it if you're doing it, you know? So next thing I you know, I'm like 105, 106. And then they graduate me. And now they're like, Heather, you have to leave. We don't have any more class for you. And I fell in love with the principles because the principles of improv, I don't know if you know this, but the principle of improv is the foundation principles for comedy. So now when you, when I watch Ellen and Jimmy Kimmel and many of others who have a comedic background, you can actually see them play out the principles and it really helps them in the world of interviewing. So one of the principles they do, and, and I have to say that this is a really good principle because I actually had someone not do it earlier today is called the yes and principle. So the yes and principle, which is the common of improv is you could say blah, 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 blah. Right. And maybe I might not agree with it at all, like at all, but I can go, yeah. And so I'm not putting you down because we are here on an interview, right? My job is never, even if the host or I'm the guest is never to put you down. It's always to lift you up because yeah. you lift me up and vice versa. Yeah. So you never make the other person wrong in improv yeah. ever. So you have to go yes. And, and you change or you shift things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You watch Jimmy Kimmel or Ellen, whenever they have what I call a dud actor or a dud celebrity or a dud politician, which they yeah. have, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? They're like, yeah, I can't get oh, this. It's like so hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're they're Like, you're like, Oh man. <laughs> That's when the skill comes in. Yeah. That is when like, they like, okay. Anybody, anybody can talk to people like us because we're upbeat and like we we can pick up conversations with anybody, but it's those, those people. Oh, it's tough. As I've had those, I'm like, (laughs) you're killing me. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen a few times when Jimmy Kimmel's like, yeah. So, and you know, you can see him like, so let's go to that clip. You know what I mean? Or whatever. You're like, yeah. Oh, he's like dying. Right. Um, but it's good to have these skill sets because it was a skill set for me mm. that in, in, in improv, it was hard at the time because how improv works is like, okay, here's the scene. And yeah, you know, it, you're an alien on Mars. And in my head's like, no, I'm not, I don't want to be an alien on Mars, you know? And they're like, uh, yes, I'm an alien on Mars. Fuck. 
(laughs) So it's kind of forcing you out of your comfort zone and moving you and being able to navigate because part of an interview like this, I mean, we're not in front of each other. We were literally thousands of miles away on cameras, right? And it can go really sideways fast, Hmm. but being able to go tapping into someone's energy and going, okay, moving the conversation, that's an art form. So I learned that in improv. I spent a year doing that. And then I went into a comedy class and actually did stand up. Oh, wow. I could see that. I, that's when I first started, when you first started talking, I was like, there's something, there's some sort of powerful energy in the way you speak. That well, I was like, she can, I, this is going to be fun. It, dude, I comedy, I got to yeah. tell you. Yeah. It's, I did improv in high school a little bit, man. It challenges you. I, I highly suggest you do this as an adult. Yeah. Like, at, cause I did it at yeah, a theater. Second time I've heard it now. I think I need to do it. Yeah, in comedy. So, so improv is the baseline of all com- comedians. So they have yeah. to like. It's really a. It's really a, a version of. So comedy is a version of improv. So I love going to comedy. I just love watching it. But I did do my first comedy class, and so talk about outside of your comfort zone. Holy crap! Yeah. Right. And one of the things I learned from comedy, if you don't mind me sharing, going to yeah. soapbox for a second. Of course. Super like interesting from an influence perspective. Absolutely. Is one of the things that happened. So right before I went on. Uh, how we graduated from the course was you actually did a five minute thing in the live audience. And so I was super nervous. So I hired this coach like last minute the week before. And I'm like on a zoom call with him. Like, okay, what am I going to do? Right. And I felt like I was trying to fit in some box again, which is like, what do people want to hear? What makes it funny for people? And he goes, no, 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 no. You're not getting comedy. You're not getting it. I'm like, what? He goes, Heather, you doubled down on who you are. And I'm like, Brent, that ain't funny. He's like, well, that's the point. See who you are, you amplify it. Yeah. And I'm like, on the first day of class, true story, I get there. The very first thing our teacher says is some of y'all are here today because someone told you you're funny. And my, I raise my hand and go, actually I'm here because I'm not funny. I'm the serious one. And everyone laughed and I'm like, <laughs> What this isn't funny, people. Your job is to make me funny in twelve weeks. Yeah, and they're like, "What? What's so funny about that?" So my point was, is like he was like double down who you are, and I go, "Okay, Brent. Well, then, who am I?" He goes, "You're a blonde, big boob, brassy, ballsy bitch." Like, yep, 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 yep. I can't deny that. He's like, you double down on that. And what's so weird about that, and I know you appreciate this, the thing that you most likely don't like about yourself or the thing that people have told you your whole life is doesn't work is the thing you double down on in comedy. Interesting. Think about it. Like Ellen, you know, she's gay and she's gay. She double downs on it, right? Yeah. Or someone who's, let's say they're overweight, they're like double down on it not make fun of just like they double down who they are. Yeah. And when you double down on your authenticness, it's like, it gives people this permission to be like, you're awkward. I'm awkward too. You know? And that's the influence. I mean, look at Oprah as a very large black woman. Yeah. Right. But because she's like, this is who I am and there's no weirdness with her, she can double down on it it gives other people permission to be like, yeah, well, this is who I am, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. So that, that kind of brings you to my next, so 
kind of being your own authentic self just in everyday life, even on social media, right? Do you notice, like, I know for the longest time, you know, I struggled or see people trying to be the next Gary Vee or be the next Grant Cardone or be the next, yeah. it's like, man, be yourself. Like, just be yourself. Right, be yourself. Honestly, people, then you don't have to put on this mask and try and be somebody else because what you have is valuable to somebody, you know? Yeah. And, like, do you notice that as well? Like, Oh, yeah, people try to be someone else they're not. I know for myself, I struggled with this. I was in a class in a court seminar, two-day seminar, about six months ago, and I stood up and I said – because they were literally taking Gary V and uh, Grant Cardona, one of the person, like re-engineering their business. And I stood up and go, okay, where's the female version, people? You know, yeah. where's the one that I can go, oh, I can be like? And they go, there isn't one. And I'm going, well, maybe Marie Folio. Ah. They're like, no one's unique like that. Like, you've got to be your own unique self. So like Marie Folio, I really commend her for who she is. But like, I don't resonate with her. You know why I don't resonate with her? The damn girl looks perfect all the damn time. Her hair's blown out all the damn time. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? Like, is that really what entrepreneurship looks like? No, it doesn't at all. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. go to the coffee house right now, the girls are like, you know, hanging out their yoga pants and they get their bun. They're like, I'm working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's real. I was like, hi, I'm Marie Foley. Let me tell you what you need to do in your business today. Yeah. Can't resonate with that, baby. Sorry. No no love here. Cause where's the reality? I can actually resonate with Gary V screaming at me and going, ah, so, you know, more than I can, than I can connect with the, from that. And so what happens is I did this. I mean, I did this. I was like, if you go back into my YouTube channel right now, you will go find this. I rented a studio. This is a couple of years ago. I rented a studio. I hired an editor guy. I hired a video guy. I got five outfits and I did the whole thing like Marie Folio. I'm like, hi, I'm Heather Heavenwood. I'm going to check it out. Right. And I'm very, I'm like, you know, stiff and I had all these outfits and I did one day of that. I'm like, that was ridiculous. Yeah. That was insane. People can see through that too. Cause that's not the real you, right? No, I'm like, what's up? This shit sucks. I want my heels suck. (laughs) I'm in Uggs right now for God's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me a freaking break. You know, so it's, it's, it's just be, let yourself be real, yeah. you know, let yourself be who you are. I'm ballsy. I'm brassy. I'm blonde. I got big boobs. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love like, it. That's awesome. It's, you gotta be able to be who you are and people will, as someone said to me this week, when you find your voice, your tribe will follow. Yeah. You know, it That's really powerful. is about what actually is your voice your authenticity. And I talk about failure like all the freaking time. Yeah. People don't like it. Sometimes I get on shows. They're like, okay, well let's talk about your success. Cause like they're uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I got a lot of bruised knees and skinned knees. And I'm, you know, that's where the beauty comes in. Ask any athlete. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's where the growth happens. When you go to the gym, you got to rip your muscles. They grow stronger. I mean, it's, if everything just is the same all the time, you never learn, you never grow. And I, you know, I wanted to talk about, cause we kind of have similar stories as far as uh, losing a loved one. And I don't know if you're, you, how much you want to go into this. You don't have to, okay. but yeah. you know, I lost my dad a couple of years ago as well. And you lost your mom. Um, you know, maybe Had a lot of loss. Yeah. More maybe, than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe we can get into that. Like, it sounds like we have in common in that area. And, you know, I, I would love to just, because you, you are a very amazing personality, communicate well, but I know sometimes, you know, there, this pain that we go through, sometimes we can, you know, we, we try and fight it, you know, yeah. whatever. Maybe tell us a little bit about that, what you've gone through and how oh, wow. you've been able to, you know, keep a smile on your face because, man, shit's hard sometimes. Dude, life's fucking hard. Say yeah, <laughs> that. I know. It, um, yeah, of course, it is. It's 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 a grind. I'm a classy, intelligent woman that says fuck a lot. Okay, that's all so right. I, I swear. Um, I, I apologize. It. Feel free to edit that out. Don't worry about it. It's so, real. Uh, you know, I had a lot of loss. My mom died in 2014. Sudden. It was a sudden thing. Very like one day I talked to her. Hey, okay, hi, and then found dead in her house two days later. So oh it was pretty God. sudden. Um, soon after that, I got into a relationship and, um, I was engaged and that went sideways after three years quickly. And it, it, it was, he was like my family, we built business together and like with, within like a 24 hour period, it was gone. And then six months ago, my dog of 17 years died. So mm. yeah, like it's just me and my sister. I don't have any kids. I don't, you know, husband, uh, she doesn't have any kids. It's just her and I, and that's it. You know, we got anything else. And I, I think that when you get to that point of like, this is what life looks like, not like a bad or wrong, but let me say, let me say the way that some people might not like, but I'm going to go there anyway. It's okay. Um, lots of times people say things to me, like, or they'll ask me, why do you do what you do? Or they'll ask somebody else why you do that. Like, my kids, my husband, my family, you know, that's, that's cool. Yeah. But like, I can't even say that my dog died. I mean, my, I can't say it. I'm doing it for my sister. Like, I love you girl. If she's listening, but yeah. you know, she's fine. <laughs> I love you girl. But like, what's that all about? So when yeah. you really get beyond just like doing it for your kids and living for your kids, you really get clear about what am I doing this for? What am I working for? What am I going through this shit for? I mean, I've had to get to that in the last six months. Like, why live? I mean, if I, you know what I mean? I know yeah. that it's like dark, but it's like. No, it's true. Why, why the hell am I doing this? I can't sit and go, I'm doing this for my kids. Um, I ain't got none. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it for my quote unquote family that I don't have. You know, it's like I had to create something bigger than myself. And for me, my big why right now, and like the thing I'm living into, because I'm looking at some big things I want to do, but I had to, I had to go, well, why do I want to do it? Because saying I want to do it for money doesn't, doesn't pull people. No. doesn't pull anyone. You know, I want to create the largest female centric mastermind in the world. Amazing. Why? Why? Cause I actually want to make a profound difference with women because here's what I want to know. Here's what I, here's what, I, what you want, what you know, 80% of the businesses in America today, a small business owner, small business, 80% are owned by men and run by women. Okay. Mm. That means they're owned by men, but they're actually run by women. Happens a lot. You know, it's like, oh, he owns it. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's actually running the shit. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, my job and my intention, me, I'm sitting on my deathbed, wherever that is. in some really cool nursing home with some hot guy next to me. Okay. Like I want to be like, I flipped that. I helped flip that women were choosing to own their own business and run their own business. Like they, I gave them confidence and I empowered them to do it. 
that's the only thing for me that I can live into that I want to know in my deathbed and when I, you know, wherever that is, like I said, hopefully in some Puerto Rico, some cool place, right. That I'm like, I made a difference with people, men and women, giving them confidence, but specifically women, because I feel like women don't, aren't infused that empowerment and confidence. Like, no, you can't own it and run it too. I want to give that to them. That's my why. I want to, I want to impact a hundred thousand women. I, hell, I don't know how long that's going to take. Oh, you're going to hit a million. Come on. Well, thank you. You're a darling. Can I have you in like hanging out in my head? But I mean, like, you know, but I had to create something way bigger than myself. Cause if not, what, I should just go like, you know, yeah. work at McDonald's and be like, well, I yeah. can live. Right. And nothing wrong with working at McDonald's, but like, I yeah. really get that. Like it's more. You need to have that fulfilling, you need to have that, I know exactly what you mean. There's something that's going to fulfill you, something that's bigger than, than you, than what's going on in this world where every 90% of people are sleeping. They people are. are sleeping. People are just going around scared, sleepy, you know, out of it, just chasing the weekend, poison themselves for two days and then hide for seven days at work. Like, it's it's so fucking crazy the the model. The, the you hear that a lot with like you know, Tony Robbins. You know I talked about the infomercial. Yeah. Like I watch yeah. that thing a lot. You know what's your why and the legacy. Yeah. Well, see, I agree with him. I agree with him. Yeah. Except there's a piece they're missing because he goes really into the legacy in your family and the providing. He's and I get that, but it's like when you don't have that, it's like I I've been I noticed for myself after this last breakup and maybe people resonate with this. I realize I've been waiting to live to get the family. Like, okay, I'll get the family. Then I have a reason to do what I want to do. And after this last breakup, and it was pretty traumatic, I was like, you know, I can't wait anymore. Yeah. I've got to figure out how to be able to go after what I want without this thing called, I'm doing it for the kids. No, I'm not. And yeah. that's okay. It's okay that I don't have kids. There's a whole stigma around that with women not having kids, right? There's a whole stigma of me not having husband. There's all that. Is I had to go outside the box and go, no, this is what I want to do. I may or may not ever have kids. I may or may not ever get married. And this is what I want to do in my life. Regardless if I ever have a child, you know, and that just saying that as a woman in America is like, you know, it's, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Well, it's powerful. It's good. You got to have, it's got to be for you as well, right? It's got to be. Oprah did it. She didn't have yeah. kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So would you, okay, this is my next thing I wanted to go into. Would you, would you say Oprah is like your, your mentor that you, if you could base one person, obviously there's a few you probably have. Madonna. But, but Madonna? Yeah. Madonna. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a rebel. Yeah. I no. saw her concert. My Where are you mother from? Where are you from in the States? Houston, Texas. Okay, cool. Sorry. To so my mother took me and my sister, which was like a, such a no, no, um, to her very first concert in Houston, Texas in 1982. Oh, wow. I was in third grade hearing with my mom, my sister, they're older, my sister's older. And like, she's on the stage, like a bitch, you know, she's like all over the floor and doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God. My mom was like, <laughs> and my mom was kind of this rebel for her generation, for sure. Even though she was constantly what I call being told not to do that. So I think, and I grew up, I've gone to like five of Madonna's concerts with always, with always my sister. And we just love her because she's such a like F you to the norm. 
Mm. Right. And the woman's 50 ish plus, and she's still making records. She's like, Psh. and why here's her. Here's what I love about her. There's no more why for her. She can chill. The girl can go to Mexico forever and be like, what's up? Right. Yeah. But she's like, this is who I am. Yeah. I'm a creator. Right. And I love that because she got to a point where the money was so big that she's like, I have to, she, I remember when she did it, she's like, I got to create something bigger than myself. She created the record companies empowering other artists. Right. She created a makeup line, all these things. So how can I continue to empower people beyond me? Yeah. It wasn't about the money anymore. So there comes a point where you're like, it's gotta be bigger than me. If not, the money will come and you'll hang out in, you know, some Island and die. And that's yeah. what I don't want to have happen. So Madonna for sure. And then Oprah, of course. Yeah. Well, that's cool to have those two. I always like to hear that because so many people, there's so many influencers out there and it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how she's what- the one person that if I ever met, I'd be like, I don't know what I would do. She- yeah. I, I, like- I, Tony Robbins is like that for me. Like I'm going to his show in LA he was the guy that really was like, wow, this, this, this is amazing. This guy just literally lifted up my whole spirits. He does something. I, don't, he's, he, I know he's great at what he does, but that guy, man, if I could meet him in person one day, somebody like that or, you know, like a professional athlete like Wayne Gretzky or something. I'm a hockey player. So there's, yeah, I mean, it's, There's a few people like that for me. Yeah, like Madonna, yeah. for sure, Oprah. I mean, come on, who would not? Yeah. Oh, she's. Uh, such a lovely lady too. Like she is amazing. I mean, how can you not like not yeah. Oprah? Of course. I'm like, no, I don't want to meet Oprah. Like, of course. Like, I mean, come on. Um, but Madonna for sure. Um, and another one, believe it or not, that I think I love her story. She really fought to the grit is Suzanne Summers. Yeah. She's got an interesting story. I mean, she does. She does. She was, you know, what, what, what was her name on that stupid three's company? Did see um, freaking blonde. And she got thrown into that role, ditzy, stupid blonde, and like, look at her now, right? So, yeah. oh yeah, I love that story because she overcame this huge piece in the acting world, actress world, in Hollywood, and she, she had cancer too, didn't she, or something? She had cancer. And she overcame a lot. Wrote she a overcame book. a lot. She's got a huge line. She's got books. She's got this e-commerce. She's she's a badass. She's like, forget this, man. I'm going sideways. So that's yeah. another person, a Madonna too, for sure. Madonna went against the cause for sure on so many levels. She kind of ripped open uh, the sexuality movement, Yeah, you know? So I think those two women specifically are just, you know, huge uh, mentors of mine from far away, of course. Yeah, awesome. So if you, out of all the stuff, you know, going through the family loss, going through the businesses, going through all that, lots of adversity you've done you've come out doing very well and it's it's Thanks. amazing to see your energy it, it's great if you, give, if you could give one tip of this is one question i always ask because i i like sure. to have one specific question um you know one thing that you can recommend for people to overcome adversity to go on to achieve amazing results whatever they're doing in their life you know like i know there's probably a few but Maybe something that you've channeled yourself that's helped you. Okay, so I'm gonna give, can I give you two. Of course, two. Do you mind? Fine. Of course. Okay, I no. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so the first one's a gift that someone gave to me, and he said, "Before you do anything in your life, ask yourself this question: Does it feed your confusion or strengthen your clarity?" 
Oh, that's good. I got to write that down. It's good, man. It's juicy as hell. I've been using feed, it for years. Feed your confusion. Here's a question. It's very specific. Ready? Yeah. Does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Now, you can put that to like, does this relationship wow. I in, I'm in right now, does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Is oh, that chocolate cake before I'm about to put in my mouth going to feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? You know, you go on and on and on, right? Is the words about to come out of my mouth going to be my confusion and my clarity? Is it going to add clarity to your life or strengthen, you know, or feed confusion? When we're confused, we can't move. Now here's, I'll give you a caveat. There's an asterisk, asterisk, asterisk to clarity. When you get super clear, you will lose friends, period. Because people, if they're used to, if you've created a construct that you're in confusion or in victim in any way, the moment you get clear and you actually can get on a track and move, think of a train, a train can never get to full momentum unless it gets super clear. Mm. So it'll leave some people at the station. So there's a caveat to that. There's a little asterisk mark. Yeah. You're going to leave some people at the at station because a lot of people, society in general, want to keep you stuck. So there's that. Okay. Yeah. The other one is recent by Todd Herman. I've read his book called alter ego recent, very recent. And I'm hoping to have him on my show, but he has basically structured an, an environment where you can tap into what I call the super superhero hero of yourself. Like right. the Madonna of me, like that's her mentor. So I could like imagine what would Madonna do right now? Okay, I'm not Madonna, but like I can, I can like channel her a little bit. Or what yeah. would Wonder Woman do right now? Or what would Batman, whoever that person is for you, that kind of calls forth? Mm. Because left to our own devices, we like love to live in victim and confusion and drama, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we could tap into like, well, if I was being Superwoman right now, she would say this. Okay, I'll do that. You know. Yeah. And so he's basically giving you that alteration. He works with celebrities and, and athletes, Olympians. And he talks about how Bo Jackson and amazing athletes, they literally tap into another hero of themselves, an alter ego when they're on stage or performing or whatever. And many times, think of, think of policemen. I've dated a policeman before, so I see this. The moment he used to put on his outfit, he became a different guy. He wasn't the guy I was dating. He was kind of a jerk. I'm like, dude, you're a jerk. Can you please get out of the uniform because you actually become normal? You know what I mean? Uh, But that's the alter ego, but you can use it in a positive way in business and life and be able to go, I personally am a victim right now. I feel like I just want to stop, but you know, I'm going to tap into my Batman here and go, what would Batman do or Clark Kent do here and tap into something outside of yourself. And he actually talks about the psychology and the studies and the, um, how it really helps people and why and how he's been using it for years. So it's really interesting. Wow. Would you say that's basically, you know, just in simple terms, kind of facing fear, like facing the fear of, of, of I mean, there's obviously, I don't, I don't know. Like Yes and no. So what yeah. he's pointing to, like he has a great example and I like this example. He talks about when himself, when he was starting his sports practice as a therapist you know he felt like he was too young and all this stuff going in his head so he created he had these glasses and he put on glasses 
even though they didn't have subscription subscription he put on glasses and he felt like okay i'm being richer somebody else i'm actually taking my train becoming this other person and then when i took them off and he went to his home with his wife and kids you know he literally was like okay this is now i'm dad now i'm a different person Mm-hmm. It was still authentically himself, but he can move into a different role. And it kind of gave him this permission. Bo Jackson, he talked about Bo Jackson, how Bo Jackson, as soon as he stepped onto the field, he would talk about this process. He stepped onto the field and he literally would tap mm-hmm. into an alter ego, something else. But the moment it. he left the field, he was just Bo. You know, so. It's fascinating. Um, it's so fascinating. I love that. Instead of processing what's wrong with you, like therapists course, do, yeah. it's like, okay, we could do that all day long, but that's not going to change anything. Why don't we tap into something and literally tap into something else? And so he talks a lot about it and how his clients have been using it for years, how they um, overcome their own imposter syndrome, how they overcome like fear of winning, law that stuff in ath- yeah. when you're an athlete. Wow. Yeah. And there's just, that's a whole other rabbit hole that is just so fascinating. It really, to, I mean, it's, get I read the players, book on the weekend. To get these players to that level of, 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 like, it's nuts. Like you look at Tom Brady. Yeah. How does that guy get to that level? And he always steps it up to that in the, in the biggest games, he yeah. somehow comes through. It's fucking, it's unbelievable how he can step into that. Yeah, I'm, I don't, you know, I've never, I've heard of interviews, of course, but I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. like in the future, maybe when he's no longer playing, that he actually starts talking about, well, I imagine I'm yeah this other piece of me and I maybe name it, you know, and that's what yeah. Todd, Todd Herman talks about. I'm going to check um, this book out. What's versus it called? Like I'm Tom Brady. I mean, we all have our own imposter syndrome of like, yeah. I'm not good enough and da, 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 da. Um, so I think it's a really interesting book. I highly suggest it just what, came What's out. it called again? Alter Ego by Todd Herman. You see on Facebook, I, I met him and then I got my book signed and I literally read it in a weekend. And then I've been kind of like, be kind of, I told him I'm like a, kind of being a little bit of a stalker with you because I've been posting him all over the place. Awesome. Mainly because he just, the book made such a profound difference. I want to give him cred. Wow, I'm excited. I'll check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Where I want to make sure everybody can find you because you got some you got some gold here to share. Thanks. And I'm I'm excited to check you out too. So where 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 can everybody find you? Um Heatherhavenwood.com. Yeah. Heatherhavenwood.com. If you want to join my free Facebook group, I talk a lot about this stuff in there. It's called influencertribe.com. That gets redirected to Facebook. Influencertribe.com. Um, if you just want to get a hold of me, you can actually go to my chat bot on Facebook and that's askheatherann.com and that redirects you to my my uh, Facebook messenger. It's askheatherann.com. Awesome. We'll have it all in the show notes. What about Instagram, LinkedIn, obviously? Of course, yeah. I'm really big on Instagram. Feel free to follow me on Instagram, Heather yep. Havenwood. And I'm real big on LinkedIn. I, I'm always on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah, this has been great. I cool. mean, you got... Uh, it's very fun to talk to you. You know, I mean, there's a lot of knowledge there and I mean, there's a whole other conversation we could probably go down, but. Well, you're a good host. I'll give you that credit. A lot of people like, (laughs) no, and I like it when there's, cause I, well, I honestly, like I feed off energy too. Like, even though we, like I, I enjoy people with energy cause then I get more excited and then I start talking and then I almost get too excited. So. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) good. You know how it is when there's a dud on the line, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know what, it's, it's fun to crack them too, though. It's fun to like, I used to do that when I was bartending for many years. I've told this story. 
I used to, you know, that was part of the thing. You got people coming and sitting at your bar and you're like, oh man, this guy's a nightmare. And then you just, it's fun. It was fun for me to crack that shell. And by mm-hmm. the end of it, they're giving you high fives and they're like, oh, you're awesome. You know, like I love that sort of that connection with people. And I find it fun because sometimes the people that are in their shell are actually like really interesting people. You just kind of got to be able to, you know, navigate it a little bit. But yeah, yeah. it can be challenging. It could be very, very challenging. Well, I appreciate you very yeah. much. And thank you for having me um, on here today. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing where you go in the next while. And okay. everybody, make sure you check her out. It's going to be amazing. Heather Havenwood, that's how you say it, right? Havenwood? Yeah. Perfect. Havenwood. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, have an amazing day. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some value from that. Without you guys, this is impossible. So I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the episode and got value from it, go ahead and rate it, review it, hit that subscribe button. We want to get this to as many people as possible. and We want this thing to grow. So go ahead, rate, review, subscribe. And I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.